I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. You're listening to the Pro Wrestling Show in association with TalkSport. There is so much wrestling news to talk about this week, including new additions to the AEW roster. Why has The Undertaker removed all mentions of WWE from his social media pages? To be honest, why does The Undertaker have social media pages? He's dead. We're going to talk about everything else going on in wrestling, as well as speaking to Mickey James at the Super Bowl in Atlanta. And we will speak to WWE NXT UK superstar Wolfgang. You are listening to the Pro Wrestling Show. Why does The Undertaker have Twitter? Boom Tish. <laughs> to slide in DMs. I should have. <laughs> That's a very good reason. I should also say the other interview we were meant to have from out at the Super Bowl, but there have been severe audio issues with it, was our, our 15 minute conversation with DDP. I mean, we could in- include it, but it'll be. Uh, it'll be kind of quiet and very distorted so I was very, I was very much looking forward to that DDP interview after the way you had billed it on Twitter look DDP and me are best friends okay <laughs> you lot are just gonna have to deal with this essentially during the interview I asked DDP whether DDPY was good just for people who had, had muscle injuries and stuff like that or was it something that basically a big man like me could use to lose some weight he decided that uh, he basically like really locked in on me and was like, "Are you up for this? Are you down? Are you are you gonna be on it?" I like really really got in my face about it, and I was like, "Yeah, I mean, if you're up for it, I am." Proceeded to get me a copy of his book, which I haven't started yet, but I will this week. Now that we're back from the Super Bowl, uh, and has texted me a couple of times, and is going to send me a login for the app. And essentially, I think I've I've gained a new life coach in DDP. <laughs> He's great. I, I spoke to him um, when I, in my Gimme Sport days, and I have a login for the app, which is super, super comprehensive. Like every Monday, he gives you a little motivational talk, um, and there's like diet plans and different exercises. You can do it from your bed. You can do it from your bed. What? Bedroom? You can do it. it, it can... As far as I was aware, bedroom yoga was something completely different to what DDP well, is hawking, but. I'm incapable of, of both, probably. But, but either way, he, he, he's going to come on the show for like a, an hour in a couple of weeks' time, that over the phone or down the line. So we are going to do something more extensive with DDP. This is the last message he sent me. Will, if I send you the program, are you really just going to do it, brother? And then DDP. Ah, oh, he, he, bro- <laughs> he, brother- he brothered you off. That's so good. Who does he think he is? Uh, Hulk Hogan. 
Anyway, look, this is the Pro Wrestling Show. Uh, we bring you all the best wrestling interviews from around the indies, the WWE, soon to be AEW, and wherever basically we find good wrestling. Uh, we're in association with TalkSport, which means you can watch all of our videos online as well. And make sure you check out TalkSport.com's wrestling section for all of the amazing articles that Alex McCarthy writes. <laughs> That's little, probably the, be- the best plug I've ever had, I'm trying I'll to be put honest. you over, Alex. I'm trying to put you yeah. over. Um, that it's is about Alex time. Mac- <laughs> I was going to say, I, that is Alex McCarthy. I'm John Jackson, and of course, Will Gavin. Hello. Good. Another show that we're recording uh, over Skype for reasons uh, mainly because we're all a bit tired from going to the Super Bowl and Alex is... I don't know what Alex's excuse is. Do you have an excuse? I've had a busy week. Come on. Okay. Um, uh, well, like I said, I, I, I've had a busy week domestically. Um, Travelling around, doing meetings. Oh, no. Will's just flashed up in front of me. <laughs> and he looks cosy. But, no, I, I went to... Um, the screening of Paige's fighting for my uh, with my family last night, and uh, now I'm being sworn at by John. That's also very, very accommodating. <laughs> we have basically two children and your dad, <laughs> and you're All in right. bed. I'm you're in a dressing gown. <laughs> He's not the only one in bed. <laughs> I'm, am Hello. I the only one that's not in bed right now? Yeah, absolutely, this is absolutely sickening. <laughs> Sorry, you went to see fight with my friends yesterday, didn't you? Uh, with your friend, yes, fighting with my family. And, That's the one. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I did that screening, interviewed uh, Wolfgang this morning, as our dear listeners will hear. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, it, it sucks going to, going into the office sometimes, trying to find somewhere to do the interview. So I thought I'm doing it from home, and I don't even care. Screw it. Did either we, of we'll, you? Go on. As I say, we'll be doing a special on fighting with my family uh, in a couple of weeks' time. We I've just been uh, offered. Uh, we, we already knew we were going to a junket and interviewing a bunch of Paige's actual real-life family. I've asked to actually interview Paige's dad and Nick Frost together, uh, which I think we're going to be doing. Uh, but also, uh, we're going to be doing um, an interview over the phone with Florence Pugh, who plays Paige and Paige together, which will be on the podcast in a couple of weeks' time. So I'm really excited about that. It must be weird to do interviews with someone who is basically portraying you. If that mm. makes sense, because that that person is going to know, you know, like how your friends know a lot about you. That person's going to know serious amounts about you. That would be that would be pretty weird. I'd find that very strange. If we're talking to Paige's dad, can we get Wolfie's dad on as well? A hundred percent. You mean his dad? Wolfie's dad. Sorry, yeah, that is true. Wolfie's dad is the coolest man. We've talked to him about him a lot on the podcast. The only man you'll see dressed head to toe in any merch that Wolfgang has on WWEshop.com. <laughs> Look, we've got to talk about the big news that happened last night. Uh, I stayed up and watched this mainly because I'm jet lagged and it seems like the normal time for me. I think it went off at about 2am. It was the AEW All or Nothing pool party ticket announcement. And I don't know anything that's ever had an announcement next to a pool party. Because, I mean, like, in theory, they're just announcing that you can get tickets. It didn't sound like the most exciting thing in the world, but they used it to introduce a lot more people that they've got on their roster. Uh, And I know that, Will, you were watching this and you were getting a little bit of a chubby. Yeah, well, similarly, I was up because of the jet lag. So, I mean, the big news is obviously Kenny Omega, the cleaner, the best in the business, is joining AEW. And not just joining them, but he is another executive vice president alongside the Young Bucks, Brandy and Cody Rhodes. I mean, this is no surprise. 
because they are, why wouldn't he get involved with this, even if WWE offered him insane amounts of money, which apparently they did, because it's basically his best mate starting a wrestling company with the backing of huge sums of money. So he came out, massive pop for Kenny. He did, uh, you know, uh, goodbye, goodbye, moi. Good night, bang. He did all of that stuff. But we also had Jericho come out, tease that Alpha Omega 2 was going to be happening at Double or Nothing, which is all very exciting. Uh, so, I mean, this is absolutely what was expected, but it does make AEW, outside of the fact that we haven't yet had a TV deal announced for them, having the best in the world in their promotion is a big, big boon for them. You know, and also news has come out this morning uh, apparently, uh, Kota Ibushi is going to be on his way to AEW as well. He's currently recovering from a concussion he suffered at Wrestle Kingdom 13 at the hands of Will Ospreay, I believe. Uh, and of course, he forms the Golden Lovers with Kenny Omega. But uh, uh, the Wrestling Observer seems to believe that he is AEW bound too. What's interesting about that is that from the rumours that I have read, and obviously if it's in the Wrestling Observer news, it must be true... Um, <laughs> The, the rumours that I have read is that Ibushi, much like Jericho, will be working with AEW, but will still work with New Japan as well, which, if that is true, and they have struck a deal with New Japan, which, considering the original talk was that uh, uh, New Japan were going to just be stickling, sticking with their current Ring of Honor deal, then that would be massive for uh, All Elite Wrestling in general, because you do have those megastars who could come and do a run in your company without having to be full-timers. I mean... Ibushi hasn't achieved everything he can in New Japan yet. He is certainly one of those who you can imagine holding the uh, the heavyweight title in the next couple of years, former junior heavyweight uh, title holder as well. Some unbelievable matches over the last 12 to 18 months. So I'd be surprised if he was done with New Japan full-time, but it would be great to see him getting involved in All Elite as well. It's very interesting to see as well that the Young Bucks were taking another swipe at WWE and Vince McMahon by saying... Why could tag team wrestling not headline an event? Um, you know, obviously a lot of conversation at the moment in WWE that the tag teams are really kind of forgotten and that Vince McMahon doesn't really like tag teams. Uh, and they're just coming straight out with that as well as then just introducing Phoenix and Pentagon Jr. who just rocked up and, uh, well, and smashed them around a bit. So, I mean, it's, I, it, Sorry, it's, it's funny that you, you say about the Vince McMahon comments because apparently they derive from the fact that he believes tag team wrestling doesn't draw. Um, I think obviously the Young Bucks would consider themselves a testament to defying that notion. But, uh, you know, the WWE, you look at their tag division right now and, you know, you, we've got Young Bucks and we've got the, I think they call themselves the Lucha Brothers, I believe. Um, that That's going to be a part of Double or Nothing. But, you know, on Raw, we've, the top tag team match they can give you at the moment is Rude and Gable um, versus The Revival. And then after that, what have you got? So, um, really not, <laughs> I mean, AEW is poised and, and you can see why people like Revival are saying, okay, give me my release. So I was, we were in Atlanta last week and as part of the week, we went to Come Hell or High Water, which was the, um, uh, Macaloon production, uh, indie event. Uh, first time they've ever done wrestling on Super Bowl week and they are already scheduled and planning to go back to Miami next year. Now they did on the Thursday night, they did a, a no ring bar brawl with, uh, uh, the likes of ODB involved with Ken Shamrock involved. We didn't go to that event, but we did go on the Friday night for the kind of main evening. We got some great 
great matches. I mean, MJF against Scorpio Sky was really good. Uh, and we got Pentagon and, and Phoenix against uh, SCU, uh, against uh, Kazarian and, and Chris Daniels. And at the end of that match, uh, having already earlier in the evening had uh, Cody Rhodes and Adam Page come out uh, at the end of the first half, the Young Bucks came out, essentially offered out Pentagon and Phoenix before the rest of the roster had been there that night came out and there was a bit of a brawl and there were super kicks and, and everything else going on. So it wasn't fully confirmed, but it seemed like that was going to happen. I'd forgotten how good Pentagon and Phoenix are and seeing them put on a match with, with SCU was brilliant. Um, they have also announced, as part of last night's announcement, they brought in the guys from uh, OWE, from uh, Oriental Wrestling Entertainment. Uh, and one of the matches that was announced, so we already know about Jericho and Omega, Adam Page against Pac, the Young Bucks against the Lucha Bros, and now SCU against SEMA and two other partners to be announced. I mean, SEMA is the one person from OWE I have heard of before because of his runs out in Japan, etc. And that's very, very exciting to hear that he's going to be involved. Uh, but it's a really good way. I think SCU are the sort of talents that, at their age and as associated as they are with TNA and Impact, particularly Kazarian and Daniels, I'd be a, I, they are not the kind of talents that I want to see heavily featured in the title pictures, etc. I want them to be used like Cassius Ono is in NXT, where they are an existing, already over, bunch of veterans who can be used to put young talent over, who can be used to develop young talent, and uh, using them in this spot to promote the Chinese wrestlers who people may not have heard of when they come over, certainly I haven't heard of much of the rest of that roster, then that's perfect. That's exactly how I think SEU should be used in this new company. And obviously the big news from a UK point of view is uh, the most deserving man, I think, on that roster, Mr. Jimmy Havoc, uh, who they announced <laughs> in, a, in a video package would be and we we kind of had a um we kind of had an inkling this would happen because you texted him didn't you and uh, you were saying <laughs> will that they wanted to get him involved in that super bowl show next year and he sent a reply so have you got the reply there i mean i was going to say you say i texted him what actually happened was that he DM'd you on Twitter. Oh, yeah, that was it. No, he replied we, to my story while I was in... Yeah, that was it. And, and yeah, I said... Re- I said hello or whatever, and he said, oh, say hi to Will. Uh, didn't he send you a picture of him giving you the middle finger as well? That was right, yeah. He was clearly yeah. drinking, yeah. Classic havoc. So we sent him a picture back of the two of us giving him the middle finger. Uh, he We kind of messaged back and forth. I said to him, look, I was at this show on Friday. Uh, you might have seen it online. The Young Bucks turned up, etc. Um, but they, uh, they're going to be looking to run the same thing out in Miami next year. And I had a chat. I literally, I had on the Wednesday, the promoter was around Radio Row at the Super Bowl and I kind of chatted to him about the show and he said to me oh do you know much of the British talent we'd love to get some of the British talent over and he reeled some people off and I said well the thing is is like uh, he said about getting into bed with companies like Progress and I was like the problem is is that the ties that Progress and ICW etc have with NXT UK might make some of that difficult but there are definitely some guys worth looking into and one guy he he mentioned off the bat was Jimmy Havoc and I said well you know we're friendly with Jimmy uh, we've had him on the show uh, if you want I can kind of reach out to him and then pass his number on to you and so I said to him you should get in these, involved in these shows next year and this was about 12 hours before it was announced he was like you might want to keep an eye on Twitter tomorrow I might not be able to do it so it sounds like this isn't just because he's also announced that he's going back to um, MLW as well Major League Wrestling and they've confirmed that 
his AEW deal doesn't mess with him doing MLW as well. But it does sound like AEW, this isn't a one-off. They haven't signed Havoc up to do double or nothing so he can do a death match with Joey Janela and then that'll be it. It sounds like he is going to be a regular feature on their programming. And you say Joey Janela there. The next question I was going to say is who do you think he'll face at all or nothing? Is it going to be Joey Janela? That, I mean, it's the one that, Shout screams out if they're going to do some kind of hardcore match some kind of death match then we've seen those two go at it super strong style 16 we've seen uh, an ongoing program between those two across various different promotions that was the obvious one that screamed out to me immediately but equally he's been working out a lot in in japan and in china recently and there we yeah we're still waiting for a lot more announcements and people like um and then people like Sammy Guevara of the, the current AAA Cruiserweight champion, I think, could put on a really interesting match with Havoc. And do you know what I thought was great about the video where they made the announcement? It was the second part of Road to Double or Nothing that they put out on YouTube, was they watched the promo that Jimmy did after he returned to Progress after 18 months out, prior to the recent Will Ospreay run. And... Um, Actually, you got Christopher Daniels in the YouTube video really putting him over, saying a lot of people think of this guy just as a, a deathmatch guy, just as a, a gimmick wrestler. And actually, he's very technically sound. He can clearly talk, as you can see from that video. Like, they really, really built him up, which I thought was great. Um, also, we should mention... We'll do a UK Indie Roundup later, but on Demand Progress this weekend, on Saturday, there is a documentary called Making Enemies, Osprey versus Havoc, which looks at the history of those two in progress right up until their recent two out of three falls match ahead of Wembley. Uh, and it's got interviews with the two of them, and we get to you know, really nail down into how much... <laughs> it was one of the most kayfabe feeling uh, programs I can remember in British indie wrestling. Like you legitimately felt like they didn't like each other. And the trailer suggests that you will get a bit of that in it as well. So I know I'm going to be spending Saturday doing like a loser. We, uh, we were backstage, weren't we, to do interviews. We interviewed Walter. And do you remember that they were there before their match? And obviously it's weird to see sort of how people work backstage before an event. And I was kind of unsure whether they do actually get on at all because Will Ospreay kind of just shuffled over to Jimmy Havoc who was sat on a sofa and was like, what are we going to do then? And it just seemed very, I don't know, they were very anonymous with each other. And uh, I, I, I like what's, what's we What's we going to do then? It's a three fools match. No, but he kind of just like, you know, so under his breath and so kind of sheepishly, which for Will Ospreay <laughs> is not how he normally does it because he's you know quite outspoken. Um, and that's going to be a, that'll be a, I assume that Y two Jim Bob, your man who does all the photos for Progress and loads of different bits and bobs for different promotions, has probably made that documentary. So you know it's going to be really good because uh, everything he makes is is really nice. Look, let's move on from AEW then. Let's move on to WWE. Uh, the Undertaker's removed mentions of WWE from his social media pages. Whether or not he should have social media uh, as a character, that's up in the air. Um, a lot of people are saying that this is just purely down to the fact he's just doing a lot of appearances now because he's, you know, he's maybe not in great shape to wrestle, so he's just turning up at conventions and charging the earth. Well, I mean, according to uh, reports of someone who tried to book The Undertaker, he's charging... $25,000 an hour to, for him to turn up and do an event for you. So, 
and that's almost haven't... as much as Will gets paid to do his show on Talksport. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> almost. Um, so yeah, if you've got a kid's birthday party coming up and you've saved your pennies, you. Uh... I mean, saying that, he'd probably spend 45 minutes walking into your garden, like, doing his entrance, so who knows? It's a, it's a minimum two-hour buyout. He have to, he has it, it has to be, really. Intro and outro, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, he's charging that. The fact that he's doing this out of the confines of the WWE, history would tell us that people like Ric Flair and Mick Foley have wanted to take more control of the appearances that they make on the outside because, of course, the WWE normally takes a percentage of the things that you do when it comes to media appearances, uh, and then if you want more control of your money, this is why the likes of Flair and Foley have left the company in the past, and of course they turn up in TNA and all things like this. But that uh, is the the reason, it, you know, the spawn of that. And uh, so one has to think that Taker is wanting to do that too, and he's not currently scheduled to have a match at WrestleMania 35, uh, and that is real life and behind the scenes apparently there's nothing for him you would think that the Saudi Arabia show on May 3rd would be uh, something that he's interested in of course his last appearance was Crown Jewel and that's the big money shows in the WWE now but according to other reports he's not booked for that either so you have to wonder if he's not going to be on the two big money shows of the year what is really left for Taker in the WWE and the fact that he's taking these appearances now can only mean that surely he's looking at life after WWE. Well, there have obviously been heavy links with him going into the Hall of Fame this year. Uh, that was a, a big part of the conversation. I'd be interested to see if that still happens. He's due to come over here uh, with Kenny and his guys for Inside the Ropes from the end of April to the beginning of May. I mean, as, as much as Kenny does a brilliant job with those, I'm not imagining he's going to be earning $25,000 a night doing those shows out here. I'm sure it's good money, but I'm not sure it's quite up to that sort of level. Um, the He's just doing Love of uh, Wrestling in April as well. If these are coming off the back of him entering the Hall of Fame and essentially announcing his actual retirement from in-ring in action, that could be quite interesting. But have you, have you ever watched a... a you know, a, a non kayfabe interview with with uh, Undertaker because he did do that very uh, that extended one a while ago, which you could watch on YouTube. I forget who it was with now. I saw but, that. Um, Wasn't it like a local Texas? Um, I want to say like a church thing. Almost. Yeah, and, yeah, and and that's it. He's an incredibly religious man, actually, which. I don't know. It's it's weird to me seeing Mark Calloway, not the Undertaker. He has been the most consistent of staying in character over the years, even when he became the American badass, etc. You know, he's been the most consistent at never coming out and doing those kind of interviews. So uh, maybe he's seen the writing on the wall and he's seen the way that the business is going now and people are willing to go on podcasts and live shows and talk about the business itself because he realises that fans are a lot smarter or smarter than they were back then but yeah it's a kind of fascinating time for Undertaker and I, I, I do I wonder how interesting those shows are going to I, like, I'm really intrigued to see it but I, I kind of I don't know how comfortable he's going to be in that environment I think it's fascinating Will it break the illusion will it ruin sort of everything that you've had built up over the 20 odd years that you've been watching The Undertaker if you suddenly see him sat there in track pants and trainers just talking normally <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think so, a, yeah. It, it's a bit weird, it, like, in the sense that, you know, whenever, when anyone else who retires, like even a Sting or Shawn Michaels, anyone else who retires after a long time and then they're suddenly giving you excerpts from inside the business, it's not the same as Taker. Because like, like Will just said, 
He's such a protected character. And this is, you remember, these are the first sort of non-WWE appearances he's going to be doing in 29 years, which is actually mental to think that, you know, he's, he's out from under the umbrella. Um, Isn't but, that about how old you are, Alex? <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's crazy that he's been doing that same character for so long um, that to see him in any other capacity is so strange. It's like when you see the fella from Mrs. Brown's Boys not dressed up as an old woman. <laughs> or, or Keith Lemon without his, <laughs> without his get-up. I've, I've seen Lee Francis in um, Nando's. He loves a Nando's. Um, <laughs> and I, I remember seeing him in there, because the problem is is that he just looks like Keith Lemon. But Lee Francis, you know, is, is, you can probably tell by the fact that he you know, has always dressed up and he's never been Lee Francis. He's always been someone else. He's actually a very quiet and private man. And we sat there, and I remember just watching a string of people just going up to him to get a photo and him just getting more and more pissed off and you'd think that he would just wear a balaclava or just don't have all the ginger hair like sprouting out everywhere (laughs) he was really not digging it um is this a good time to hear your chat with mickey james then you talk about the undertaker you know possibly announcing his retirement she's obviously a veteran now she's uh had amazing runs and obviously everyone knows her for a feud with trish stratus back in the day um and i think in the interview that you did will she kind of hinted towards maybe having one more run herself yeah, so we talk about the potential for her retirement and the potential of, of what she essentially still wants to achieve in the WWE while she's there. What lured her back to WWE in the first place? You know, was it seeing the four horsewomen and these uh, girls coming up the likes of Paige from NXT and getting their big opportunities? Uh, we got into a bit of Ronda Rousey stuff, a bit of Becky Lynch stuff. Obviously, they've had a, a, a Twitter spat as of late. How uh, kayfabe that is, I don't know. But yeah, a really, really interesting conversation. I'm interested to hear what people think of it because uh yeah that you feel like there's a there's some unfinished business for mickey james mickey james joining us now on radio row six time wwe women's champion and uh, well first of all, mickey what are you doing in town what brings you to atlanta it's the super bowl this is the super bowl yeah, yeah. i mean it's as good a I reason mean, as any it's yeah, probably I mean, the I best reason anyone's it's all given. right it's okay <laughs> <laughs> i I want to talk about last weekend and the Royal Rumble and the Women's Royal Rumble in particular. Cause okay. I'm going to give my opinion on it immediately. But you're devastated that I didn't win. A hundred percent, obviously. You. I was devastated as well. It's fine. I'm dealing with it. How did you feel about how it went for the second, just the second year of doing it? I thought it went great. Mm-hmm. I thought it went great. No, it's awesome. You know, and, and for me, I'm going like, it's a great time for me to be still a part of the business. And as for women in general to be in the business, you know, um, I thought it went great. Why you nope. disagree? I'm going to tell you exactly. I what. do wish my only wish is that we had one surprise besides besides Hornswoggle, who I love and I adore so much. <laughs> I wish we had had one lady surprise like uh, Victoria or uh, I mean, just imagine if like Molina's music hit and the red carpet rolled out. I just think the people would have went nuts. You know, like that's the one thing we didn't have that I felt like. I guess maybe that's just me, high hopes or whatever. We, did we need it? No, I don't think we needed it, but, but that's the my... little fangirl in me would have <laughs> loved it. I would have been like, Because ah! obviously that's, people watch the Rumble, they love the surprise entrance, but that's what I loved about the Women's Rumble this year is that all the kind of, the main roster stars you knew and you were expecting, for all those other entrants, they were either from NXT, NXT UK, it all came from the existing roster, and I think that shows just how strong women's wrestling is. Oh, we have an incredible roster, right yeah, across the board, for sure. Yeah, no, that was great. That was awesome. And all those girls are so good. Like, the talent out there is so vast right now. Like, there's so much talent. 
you know, and with all these platforms between, you know, NXT and, the, and now the UK division, it's, it gives everybody, uh, you know, more places to go and not feel like at, at one time, you know, this WWE was the only place, you know, so it just opens up so many platforms. And when I was in developmental, it wasn't like NXT, you know, it was very like farm. And I'm so grateful for that personally because i was tucked away and i was hidden until <laughs> i mean when i was on the indies i wasn't so tucked away and, and hidden but then there i was able to like fine-tune my stuff and master my craft without being overexposed right so for me i felt like that was a, a blessing in the sense of like we were kind of tucked away in louisville kentucky and ovw but they had some of the best biggest stars i mean randy orton john cena myself but batista um Everybody came through there, you know, and they went on to be mega stars. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, but now is like you are not only are you in this massive, incredible facility, but they had their own television, they have their own shows and everything that they support that whole system down there. But you can get, you can become. Oh shoot! I just snagged my skirt. Sorry. Uh, it's you a lovely make, skirt. Thank by the way. you. It's the second time I snagged it though, and I'm devastated because I just got it. Yeah, that's the girl. That was just the girl side of me. <laughs> um, yeah, but you know, but they have their own everything, and you can become such a huge star in just that area in NXT alone. You don't even need some. Some people don't even maybe they don't want to come up because they're so that's, elevated there. It's an interesting dynamic, I think. When uh, when Triple H was over in the UK recently for the, the the UK Performance Center launch, he said exactly that. There are some people who will probably just stay in NXT and that will become a brand of its own. Right, right. And, and I do think it's incredible. I mean, you've been wrestling for just celebrated your 20th anniversary, right? So yeah. is this the strongest women's wrestling's ever been? I think it's the strongest women's wrestling has ever been in the sense of getting the notoriety for it. I think that the women's wrestling, there's always been like these key women like the Molly Hollies and the Jackies and all these people who would have loved the, these, this opportunity to be able to get that kind of, you know, respect for their craft. They just had a lot more challenges. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. whereas now the company and the atmosphere and everything is much more giving and are, are allowing for these, like, incredible moments for so many women that weren't allowed, like, not really weren't allowed, but I guess they just didn't think that it would get over in the sense. And it wasn't until the fans were like, no, we love women's wrestling too. That then they go like, oh, okay, maybe maybe there is something there. You know what I mean? Was it, was it seeing those opportunities that were starting to open up that brought you back to the WWE, back onto the main roster? Because I did, like you're saying about surprises. Envious, I'm not gonna lie, say. I popped really hard when you came back. So thank you, <laughs> thank you so much. It's, I'm honored to be back. It's yeah. so much fun, and with this new crop of girls, they're so they love wrestling so much, and they're they're great. They're so great at it. Um, but it's just. I don't know. I think I was a bit envious, right? Sitting on the sidelines going like, I've been working so hard for so long for these opportunities and would have, you know, prayed for those opportunities. And I say this, but I also had a singles match at WrestleMania, which there haven't been a whole lot of. No. And I won my championship at WrestleMania, which hasn't happened a whole lot for females. So I've, I've been afforded so many incredible opportunities. I won the championship at television in the UK on Raw. And that was the first time that had been done in... I don't know, a long time, mm -hmm. a long time when I look back at the stuff from Beth and was on the cover of that thing. So it's like I had some really, really amazing opportunities for, you know, we had the first Falls Count Anywhere match with Melina, first time ever. Um, so I don't know. It's just like, but I do see now and it was becoming such an habitual thing like, oh, the girls are like main event in the show and oh, the girls are getting this match and all oh, the girls. I'm like, 
what in the world? This is this is amazing, but why am I not there doing that stuff too? Like, did, did you get when you came back in though? Did you get the respect you you felt you deserved from because oh uh, absolutely for, for everything they've done for the first you know uh, elimination chamber, Hell in the Cell, all those amazing things like you said. There had to be those who came before, whether it's yourself, Lita, Trish, all the kind of people from the women from that era who broke out of what was seen as the stigma of women's wrestling not being right as good as men's. That's how a lot right. of fans saw it. And or you guys, good for a girl, which is like that backhanded. Yeah. Oh, she's really great for a girl. It's like, oh, thanks. I think what? Because as incredible as this crop is, it wouldn't have existed without the people before. No, it wouldn't. Yeah, it wouldn't exist well, without the people before. Without Fit Finley. You know, be being willing, like the only one who was willing to go to bat and fight for us to have like legit amazing matches when women's wrestling wasn't the, he was the only one. You know what I mean? When women's wrestling wasn't cool. I love him so much. Do you have a favorite Fit Finley story? Because um, Just of him just being the most amazing human being on the planet. And thank you for pushing for women's wrestling when it wasn't cool. I'll, I'll, allow, I'll, allow, I'll allow that to be enough. Because yeah, I'm not giving... I already said all my terrible <laughs> stories I'm saving for my book. Ah, that makes sense. Yeah. Is that something Don't that's worry, happening? I'm going to write it well, way later <laughs> when I'm safe and hidden. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> what, what is there for you that you still want to achieve within the division, within the WWE, within wrestling? Uh, the women's championship, both of them, the red and the blue, and the tag team championships now, obviously. Mm -hmm. I think, I mean... Just because it's such a, a monumental thing and a historic thing and, and now to bring them back and, and reinvent them and, and this whole thing, I just feel like all of them would like staple my legacy. Not that I'm com not completely happy with my legacy as it is, but I think one more run in any of all of those really would be great. I have to obviously ask because we are British and whenever there's an Irish person who's successful, we try to bring them in as one of our own. But about the success of Becky Lynch and the man and everything that's come along with that, you know, she's clearly been talented for a long time. Oh, she's incredible. Yeah, she's incredible. This explosion, it's difficult to argue against the idea that she's the hottest wrestler in WWE right oh, now. Oh, for sure. Not just the hottest woman. Yeah, no. I mean, hottest... I want to be clear. That's what I mean. Heat is in. Yeah. Just no. to be clear on that before I get in any she's trouble. She's on fire. She's on fire <laughs> I mean, right yeah. now. Like she's, she's absolutely, she's a hell of a talent. She's always been talented. And I think this new side of her and this character that she's developed uh, to be kind of this smarky, like, you know, take no shit kind of chick is awesome. And her, for her, you know, to go up against Rhonda, like I felt like that moment was taken away from her. Mm -hmm. So for now, her to go back to WrestleMania, it's so well-deserved. And at the level of where she's at now and the way the crowd erupts and, and the stuff that she's doing, hell, I want to work with her. You know what I mean? Like, so, and I've already worked with her. So it's just like, but that was as Becky Lynch. But now as the man, it's like a whole new thing. It's a whole new, like, it's like an onion, like, pulled back the layers and now... Makes me want to cry. <laughs> Are you heading into? Do you think it is a, at the I wish I would have thought of it. Here I am trying to be a grown ass woman, and she comes up with the the man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's been a lot of talk about Rhonda and what she's done in a year, and it was the way she took to it as somebody from like from her first promos to everything that came along with to that, her last one. To yeah, like even just the things like the selling and stuff. Like she's just it's a duck to water. And yet, yeah, and and yet there's talk about her leaving after Mania, potentially going and having a family. A lot of rumor about that. 
do you feel like the, she's really pumped up the women's division? How do you feel about the, the way that it's... How do you feel about her run and... and oh, she's done fantastic. An no, I think she's done fantastic. And it's definitely... Um, <laughs> it's definitely a different, like, dynamic for her, I think, because she's come from a world of reality sports, you know, like reality fighting or whatever else. Um, but it's different because... She's just, you know, this is this is a whole new animal, and she's been thrown into the fire. But I have to say, the stuff that's happened with Becky and Charlotte's been incredible. Yourself, Alexa's run, everything that's been going on over the last two, three years. Yeah, great. We've got a big outside star who's done well and had a run. But actually, if she did leave after WrestleMania, I don't think the women's division would be any weaker because it of it. It wouldn't be a big deal, no. Uh-uh, I don't think it would be a big deal. It's cool to have her. I think she adds a, a different element. But it also leaves it leaves little space for the rest of the girls, right? Because it's become the Ronda division in a sense, and like she's just pretty much gone through everybody, you know. And um, but she's she's so sweet as a person, like she's so great. And I don't know what I, I can't. I know the rumor speculation whether she's leaving or not. I feel like her plan was always her plan, mm-hmm. and that, I don't feel like that was any secret to anyone. You know what I mean? So, Separate to you, yeah, apparently. Clearly, clearly. <laughs> you know uh, what I mean. But I think that I think that she really loves the business, and she really she really tries hard to be the best that she can be. And I know I can see the frustration on her face when she feels like she hasn't delivered to the expectation because she's really, as we all are, we're athletes and we're perfectionists, and we want to be the best of the best. And and, and when you feel like you haven't lived up to that then we beat ourselves up. We're, the, we're our worst critics, I think. And in a business where you're doing house shows and Raw and uh, you know, TV and, and you're going through that whole rigmarole, how do you find time to have a music career as well? Um, it's, you know, that's, the thing. that's been a little bit of a challenge since I've come back because I kind of stopped, put some breaks on the touring for when I first came back just so I could kind of feel the schedule out and how taxing it was going to be this year. But then, well, last year when I first came back. And so... It's just different, right? Like, I can still go in the studio, and I can still write all day long and do that, but it's more about the touring aspect. It's, like, it's harder to do that part. What's coming from that side of things? Uh, new you know, single, new album, new... A new album. Uh, yeah, working on a new album. We have some new singles. I have a bunch of music all lined up. You know, I was I cut a single with um, Lita Ford. We redid Pink Houses. Nice. Yeah. John Cougar Mellencamp's mm-hmm. Pink Houses. Yeah. So that's cool. And, I mean, I just did the uh, collab with the Ying Yang Twins that came out a while back and I've, I'm constantly writing and I, and I work with a bunch of writers in Nashville and you know my guitarist back home in Richmond and we just kind of you, yeah. seem to I just, just love you seem so laid back about it. You're just like, like when people come down here and they've got a new single or something, they're like, right, here it is. Here's the day. You're just like, I just yeah. love it. I just, I just if love you like it as well, you like it as well. But If you don't, I don't care because I'm doing it for me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's the thing. It's like, I'm not doing it for, I feel like when you do stuff and you do it only for the fame or only for the glory, you take the love out of it, right? Like, so then if you don't love it, then why are you doing it? Mm-hmm. Same with wrestling. If you don't love it, then why are you doing it? Go home. You can find something else that you love to do. You know, dog walking. People love it. <laughs> it could be. Could be. <laughs> uh, Not me. I don't want to walk anybody's dog. You know, I barely want to walk my own. I just let him run around. He's fine. Do you, is there, <laughs> I, I asked about, you know, the one last run, everything. Do you in your in your own head have a plan of how the next year two years pans out how much longer you want to be going for um in the wrestling ring mm-hmm. uh i think i don't the, really I, know it feels like the music's gonna the go till till the day you, you're no longer I love it feels it. like you're just gonna keep i just doing wish it would take off you know <laughs> get that one single on this amazing movie i gotta call the rock and see if he'll put it in this movie right <laughs> anyway 
Um, but otherwise, no, I just, I don't, I feel like I'll always be a part of the business in mm -hmm. some aspect. I don't really know where that, and I've just stopped planning of like, okay, by this year, I'm going to be done wrestling. And by this year, I'm going to have this going on. I just stop because nothing ever goes according to my plan. I just set goals and I just go after those things. Um, clearly, I'm not going to wrestle forever. So, I don't know. Well, hopefully... It won't be this year. I can tell you that. Good news. Well, hopefully, Maybe. we'll be seeing you involved in the Tag Championships Elimination Chamber. Oh, yeah. And somewhere on the main we just card lost, as well. Alexa and, and I just lost on Monday. Um, well, that's devastating news. I haven't been is. able to watch it this week. It's, I'm sorry. I just gave you the spoiler. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I thought you watched. I, I apologize. <laughs> I do watch week in, week out. But we're I stuck know, here. I know. You were here. I, mean, I, I apologize. And Are you a big football fan this weekend? What do you think the score's going to be? Um, I'm kind of rooting for the Rams. Okay. Uh, even though the Rams killed my Cowboys out of it, which is really annoying because I'm a Cowboys fan. But I just feel like, you know, what, it's been like 19 years since they won a Super Bowl. Wasn't it time? And I love Brady, and I respect Brady just like the rest of us. But, I mean, it's time. Mickey, it's been really good fun. Thank it's you so time much for somebody for else to win, not yeah. for him to go home. <laughs> I'm not saying that. He's great. <laughs> Thank you so Kofi's much for your gonna time. going to be so pissed. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. So Mickey James, there you have it. Maybe one last title run. Do you guys think she has that in her? I don't know how interested I would be in that happening unless maybe she was paired up with someone that they were trying to put over and maybe, you know, like sort of uh, Dolph did with Drew McIntyre. Maybe if they did it in some way like that, that would work for me. But just on her own, I'm not sure I'd be that fussed because I think that, you know, there's so many more exciting female talent out there. Uh, I think I would prefer to see them. What are you saying, Alex? I'm kind of with John on that. I mean, when she, when she first came back, I think there was a level of intrigue and you know everyone build her as that kind of uh, surefire hall of famer and everyone respects what she's done but um being alex of Bliss's lackey for want of a better term on and off to suddenly having one last run with the title doesn't really see like a fitting conclusion to me so they, they'd have to be they'd have to be a workable story to make it worthwhile but she's one of them talents that's built up so much equity over the years 
it wouldn't actually take that much to to get her back into that position if you really wanted to. It would just have to be the right story. But I'd, I'd like to see it for her. I think she deserves a good run. And, and yeah, I mean, like I said to her, I, I think she deserves a good run as well. I, I love Mickey James. She's been one of my favourites over the years. And I think there were a couple of other really interesting points in there. I think the stuff on if Ronda does leave after Mania, as, as was seemingly her plan, uh, Mickey James throwing a bit of shade at me for even asking that question, uh, was, uh, was, was, you know, I, I, I actually think we're at a point with the women's division now. As a general rule, I think we're at a point where it doesn't necessarily need Ronda Rousey. I think she's brilliant, so I'm glad she's there. But actually, with the strength of the women's division in NXT, with the new women's tag titles, meaning that there is something for the mid card to actually do with their time. Um, and actually, if you look at the Rumble, I know we didn't do a show last week due to Super Bowl commitments, but with the women's Rumble, I thought it was fascinating, even though Mickey James said she would have liked to have had some kind of surprise. And I know that's what people live for a little bit with the Rumble. I liked the fact that they managed to fill out the 30 with just stars from NXT and NXT UK. They, they didn't need to rely on a cheap pop. They have enough talent to fill a 30-woman rumble with all deserving deserving well, current female wrestlers. That's because they put the cheap pop in the men's Royal Rumble, didn't they? <laughs> J-E, double F. No, no, I wasn't thinking that. I was, I was thinking... No, 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 <laughs> By the way, I watched the male... Uh, the male? I watched the male Royal Rumble. I watched the men's Royal Rumble with two people who don't watch wrestling and their only knowledge of wrestling is uh, the British Bulldog or Hulk Hogan. And I cannot tell you how annoying it is for that buzzer to count down 30 times and have the same person say, Is it the British Bulldog? Because like you'd think it'd get boring, but apparently to them it just didn't. And uh, um, I mean, have you broke to them where the British Bulldog is right now? Or? I told them the first time that unfortunately he is dead, and uh, <laughs> they they thought it was increasingly funny to keep suggesting that the British Bulldog would come out. What would have been funny is if his son had come out and suddenly switched allegiance to uh, WWE, because then I think they'd have eaten their words a little bit. But you know, it didn't happen. Um, Lots going on in WWE at the moment. Uh, what should we talk about? Should we talk about Daniel Bryan's brand new belt? I'm a massive fan of it. Well, I, I, am yeah, I absolutely love it. I think it looks fantastic. It suits the character so well. I really like the stuff they did this week as well with Rowan actually talking and him talking about Rowan being his intellectual uh, equivalent and stuff. I thought all that is, was, was great. I was a big fan of it. It's so much better than the Bludgeon Brothers, isn't it? Oh, God. That was the most one-dimensional characters I've ever seen. But with that, uh, yeah, with, with um, Daniel Bryan, <laughs> I think he's hitting his stride, uh, and his character just fits him so well. And it's yeah, for, <laughs> no pun or anything intended. It's really organic, and I just feel like he has found like he needed this this new character since his return because it just felt like. He couldn't really reach the heights he wanted to doing what he was doing. But this is, I, I, don't, I mean, we've seen CM Punk be straight edge and things like that, but this is like a totally different, new, on-top character. Um, and there's nobody, literally, who could pull it off better than Daniel Bryan. So uh, the, the belt is perfect when you look at who've had custom belts down the years. This is the most fitting of all of them. 
Yeah, I, I mean, the, Na- we spoke to Naomi before and she was talking about her uh, her light-up LED type of fan. I wasn't a huge fan of that. It looked a bit clunky, but this one just, it just looked cool. Like, if they do a replica of it, it's the first title belt that I would be very tempted while drinking some kind of frozen cocktail at a wrestling event in the US that I would actually consider spending $425 on. Well, um, I was going to say, if, if they actually flog this belt off as a replica, I'd hope that because it's made of hemp and wood, it might be a bit cheaper than the ones made of leather and (laughs) gold plating surely they can sell it off for kind of a lot cheaper because of what it's made of you can bet that they wouldn't though well yeah i don't know becky lynch hasn't she yeah i I mean her her interactions with stephanie if you believe um the wrestling observer which we do sparingly they are looking at building towards a SummerSlam match between lynch and stephanie obviously stephanie was last in the ring with Rousey at Mania, and before that, it was actually SummerSlam against Brie Bella. I think 2014, I want to say that was. Um, so, is that a great move? It feels very very much Austin vibes of this top face and in the face of the nasty authority or whatever you want to call it. Um, I thought the Triple H rub on SmackDown was fantastic. Uh, Triple, yeah. H, Triple H on the mic is still an absolute master. Uh, Becky Lynch didn't do any more than she had to do. I, I would have liked her actual slap of on Triple H to be more emphatic. It didn't seem like she really got all of it, but um, still, I thought the segment as a whole was fantastic. Uh, even Charlotte Flair played her role very well in the beginning. So um, I like what they're doing with Becky. It's a good way to keep the momentum for her. Um, it's just a bit of a tired way to do it, but... Hopefully, being that the characters are different, you know, it, it's not it's not a total replica of Austin McMahon. It can be, it can be slightly nuanced. And if they build towards Stephanie and and Becky, I don't think I'd actually mind. No, it's, it's also an excuse to to get Charlotte into that Mania matchup. If you have them do something along the lines of Becky suspended, Charlotte win some kind of you know maybe they even do something at elimination chamber they had to some kind of a uh, match to to win a a shot at rousey and charlotte could even end up being you could use all raw women superstars actually it doesn't work at elimination chamber because of the tag match and because there's so many already involved in that but essentially have charlotte as a, a surprise entrant you do it the Monday after Elimination Chamber, you keep Becky off TV, which only... Keeping people off TV, as much as you want your hottest stars to be out there, sometimes having someone off TV can really help build someone, and they forget Mm. about that sometimes in WWE. Actually, you know, absence can make the heart grow fonder. You get Charlotte into the match against Rousey, you then have Becky return, it becomes a triple threat, and then it can headline mania. That I can think is their is their overall intention. I do think that uh, overall it's been really well played. I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned Charlotte's part on Tuesday. I do want to see them with Charlotte and with everything that's going on in that situation to stick with her heel persona for a while because there has been too much flip-flopping in that division between heel, face, etc. I do want to see them stick with her being nasty, snide, conniving, because I really like that side of her. I don't want to see her turn again after Mania. Um, but otherwise, I, I'm I'm all in. I love it. I'm with you. But Sorry, I was just going to say uh, to that point <laughs> that we've, we've also got Fastlane after um, Elimination Chamber, I believe. So you actually forget there's quite a... 
there's still quite a way to go to Mania and a lot of opportunities for that story to change. But I think you're right, Charlotte probably will be inserted. And unfortunately, it leaves Oscar very short on opponents and she's probably destined for a multi-woman match at WrestleMania. I mean, at least they had a, a package for her on TV this week. But to keep your other big champion off TV for two weeks running seems absolutely bizarre to me. Uh, I, I have got a little bit of a problem with that. And, and combined with the fact that having Bliss and... Um, uh, I, I don't know whether it's for health reasons or whether they're fully confident in having her in a match like Elimination Chamber yet, but having Bliss and Mickey James lose on Raw, I, that tag match doesn't look as strong as it could do. I mean, you're always going to have the Riot Squad, you're always going to have Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, the Iconics, but this kind of Naomi and Carmella random mashup, uh, Nia Jackson and Tamina, I get what they're trying to do with those two, but neither are good in the ring, so that's a real problem. I just feel like I was really excited when they announced it. I could have done with at least one more credible threat to, to Bailey and Sasha in there that made me maybe think that they might not win. I think they are scraping the barrel with those, as you say. Uh, you know, Nia Jax and Tamina literally does nothing for me. It's, I don't know. It's uh, they're like the authors of pain for me. I just, uh, just I'm not into brute force kind of the that kind of vibe. I'd rather see people who are actually technically gifted. I, um, I also hate the fact that it's like, okay, on Raw you have to qualify because because it's a three hour show, but on SmackDown you can just declare yourself. Yeah. Like, what's that about? It's a weird mix, isn't it? And I think they've um, they've confirmed, haven't they, that the superstar shakeup is going to happen. Um, who are we saying could do with with a shakeup? In terms of like Will was just saying there about people sort of flip flopping between the good guy, the bad guy, like Rusev and um, what's Nakamura. Your, what's your fellow with a guitar called? I've forgotten his name. This is Elias. Elias. Rusev and Elias have recently like been turned face and now they've been turned back to heels. And like it's like they're a little bit unsure what their plans are. It seems like they're they're changing their plans quite a lot. So this superstar shakeup could be really important and it could actually be really sort of well needed. <coughs> I mean they told they said that Elias was flipped to a face the night that Roman went uh, left with his illness because obviously Ambrose turned heel and they said, you know, the card was a bit lopsided. And I thought he was actually getting some decent traction with the audience in, in what he was doing, but in the name of Jeff Jarrett, they've decided that he has to be a heel again. So I don't know really what the the idea is behind that, or where I can't see where his direction is. Um, as far as teams, you know, people that need to move, I feel that one of the Usos or New Day, probably the Usos, need to make a move because as great as the tag division is on SmackDown, you're always kind of one feud away from going back to what you've already had. And like the bar messed it up for a while, but then I don't know. I, I just feel like you, you have so many weeks where they, they are off television and the, and the Raw division is so weak. That, that's something that needs to change. And, and it's hard because you don't know who's going to be here after Mania. You know, apparently the Usos contracts run out at the end of April. Nakamura is around the same time, AJ Styles. It's very hard to predict. Like Nakamura could obviously really do with a change of scenery and, you know, probably, I don't know whether he wants to be a heel or a face, but. Is he going to be here? I don't really know, but you, you would say he's someone who could probably do a fresh start. I think that the, the I was just going to say the women's side of thing is the one for me that I, the reason I raise this as a potential topic today because 
you look out, if Rousey goes after Mania and you have the Raw belt on Becky, so we assume she goes over to Raw. Suddenly on SmackDown, you have Asuka, Charlotte Flair, and then what? Naomi is the next top singles talent behind that. Mm. Like, whereas you look then over at the the Raw roster and you've got. Uh, Ruby Riot, who I think could be a, a champion in the not too distant future. Sasha Banks, although her and Bailey uh, likely to be the the women's tag title holders by then. Um, you know, Natalia, credible threats to titles. It's really top heavy in terms of the top four or five all look brilliant, but we can't just see the top four or five over and over and over and over I again. I think when they do bring up some people from NXT, it could shake things up if they bring Shayna Baszler up. Um, and Kari saying maybe I think that would that will help but I still um, think Ember Moon needs a push as well oh, oh yeah I love she's Ember been Moon. totally wasted doesn't she? she she could go to Smackdown to be fair yeah. like, I could I could see that another thing by the way when you say about what's Jeff uh, what's the future for Elias surely him and Jeff Jarrett are going to have some kind of gimmick guitar on a post match <laughs> at Wrestlemania I somebody imagine somebody call Vince Russo and get 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 that guitar on a pole. I, 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 I don't know, mate. Like it, it's it's very weird that they've signed Jeff Jarrett um, as a like not as a producer, but as an in ring talent as well. Um, I, I I think it was cool. Like really, that that to me that could stop now. Like what they've done with Elias, cool for what it was. I really need to see that dragon onto elimination chamber or anything like that. Um, Elias was probably projected around the Intercontinental title picture now. I think most people expect Finn Balor to either win that at Mania or after. Oh, sorry, or before. Um, but Elias really, the turning heel has kind of left him lost in the shuffle, in my opinion. So I don't really know. But it's very interesting that this is going to be the international superstar shakeup. And you imagine that uh, people from NXT UK, NXT, and, uh, they're all going to be a part of it. Pete well, Dunn. Well, I was going to say, knowing Pete that Dunn. Pete Dunn and Tyler Bate have kind of said farewell to progress, that would suggest that perhaps Pete Dunn and Tyler Bate may get shuffled around uh, and mean that they're not in the UK as much. That would be my guess, anyway. I think I think that every time you speak to Pete Dunn, though, he's so um, passionate about carrying the UK uh, brand and the title itself. Uh, you know, he says that that's his main focus for now. But I mean, let's let's be honest: the allure of the main roster, the money that comes with it, uh, and the big events. I mean, that's the ultimate goal for anyone, surely. So, um, and and you'd imagine for people like Tyler Bay, who just made the Worlds Collide final against Velveteen Dream, that WWE clearly think a lot of the pair of them. So, it's not like they're going to be brought up hopefully and just become mid carders. You'd imagine they'd have good plans. It's got to be really. Um, in terms of people potentially leaving WWE, there's been loads of rumours this week. There's obviously been the revival that rumbles on. You've just mentioned the Usos there, uh, Nakamura. Uh, someone said that Randy Orton has apparently like reached out to AEW. Whether or not that's true, we don't know. Um, Finn Balor has been just trolling, as Finn Balor does, to his 3.4 million followers on Instagram. Just posting any photo he can find with him alongside someone from AEW. So he's done Chris Jericho. <laughs> Um, it was it was Chris Pac. Jericho, wasn't it? And Pack, and I can't remember who the other one was. Um, could you actually see Finn Balor thinking, you know what? I was the first Universal Champion. Since then, they've not really used me to my full potential. I obviously have that massive star power from what I've done in Japan and what I've done on the indie scene in the past. Actually, maybe I will go to AEW. Could you see that happening? 
Uh, mm, like yes and no, but I think he's in the midst of a WWE push at the moment. Uh, obviously, off the back of the Brock Lesnar feud and and, <coughs> and rumours that suggest that he's going to be heading for the Intercontinental Title at WrestleMania. So I think he probably he's probably thinking I'm in a, I'm in a decent spot right now. Um, is he ever going to be Vince McMahon's guy, like the world champion, uh, a sustained world champion? Probably not. Um, but if you look at the landscape of Raw right now, it's really not that far off. Because if you think Rollins is destined to slay Lesnar at WrestleMania, what's the world title picture look like after that? McIntyre and Strowman, of course, are around. And in McMahon's eyes, well, Balor can't feasibly ever really beat both either of them. But having said that, Balor has a win over McIntyre this year. And, and he was going to beat Strowman clean until Lesnar intervened on the go-home show before Royal Rumble. So maybe Vincent Mann's mind is changing. I don't know. But apparently, as reports suggest, WWE are offering talents more money and, and they're giving pushes to ones that have maybe been unhappy in the past in an effort to keep them. So if if they're sensible, they'll do that for Balor. And we've heard a lot of wrestlers recently, obviously with NXT UK starting, they've all said, you know, it's actually a great time to be a wrestler after years of kind of having to work other jobs and whatever. Now they're all full-time. This is now even a better time for wrestling because people like WWE are going to have to throw more money at people because, um, you know, Tony Khan has got a checkbook bigger than Vince McMahon. So, you know, they're really going to have to put their money where their mouth is. And the the only people that are going to benefit other than the fans are also the wrestlers who are going to get a, a fatter bank balance. Well, all of a sudden, it's, okay, if you're not going to use me the way I think you should or could, then I have this option. That, you know, if, if AEW, I, I'm sure they don't want to become a pseudo-TNA from the mid-2000s who just pick up any WWE talent that leaves. I'm sure that won't be the case. But there's a lot of talent in the WWE, Finn Balor being, being one uh, prime example, that... Could, he could easily be AEW's top guy. Easily. Um, and, you, and you look at that and you think, okay, if he gets unhappy with his situation in WWE, and there's a lot of guys like him, that AEW could actually say, look, you know, Cody, like, same as Cody Rhodes. He, he stepped away from the WWE machine, he reinvented himself, and now look at him. To quote Zach De La Roca, the wrestlers need to take the power back. Now, look, you spoke... That was terrible. Now, um, you spoke to... You're the I was worst. thinking about that for so long. I'm so tired. Um, look, you, I just... Uh, before before we get into Wolfie, I, I have a minor bone to pick with NXT UK. Go pick on. It. Let's do something a bit more interesting with Walter. You, It's clear from the pop that he got on the opening night, from people being able to go and watch the stuff that he's doing in progress, etc. For his first two TV matches to have essentially just been a couple of squashes, it's so paint-by-numbers. I'm just like... Let's have him, let's have people recognise immediately what a threat he is and let's have him immediately having to work from under because Gallus are are ganging up on him. Let's have him do, rather than just bring him out, do a squash, bring him out, do a squash, bring him out, do a squash against a decent name talent like Mark Coffey. But it's just, I really, watching it again this week, I'm just disappointed that he is just being used in this real bog standard paint by numbers way and when they do the tapings and commentary later this month I want to see them branch out and do something a bit different he better my ramble is over I was going to say I wasn't sure if you'd finished Uh, good well um, could you (coughs) could could you see um, could you see Wolfie potentially uh, I mean I'm assuming that um, that Walter will eventually sort of win the title when if and when Pete does get moved within uh, the WWE landscape 
Um, could you see Wolfie potentially being a challenger? Is Wolfie big time enough? Well, look, he, he, he missed out on NXT uh, TakeOver in Blackpool because he had a concussion, apparently, that stems back a few months and the WWE didn't want to take any chances on him. So he was telling me on this call that uh, he... He, like, it's in the tapings as well that happened in Blackpool the nights after. He was there, but he didn't take any bumps. He didn't do anything like that. So uh, he's just been biding his time, but he's all good now, and he, he says he's going to be performing in Coventry. So you would assume, um, as part of Gallus, he's going to have a you know a, a featured part on TV. But there's make no mistake about it, Joe Coffey is the main man in that stable, the Iron King, as it were. And I feel like Wolfgang is kind of there to provide the heavy lifting for him in some instances, but whether they can break off at some point and then Wolfgang gets his own spotlight, that's, of course, plausible. Uh, and he is someone who could work with Walter, for sure. Um, it's just, will he take that top spot? It's hard to say right now. Okay, well, you spoke... Bait. Oh, I was just going to say, Bait and Walter is the other thing I'm really intrigued by, to see how WWE would handle it after we saw one of the best matches I saw live last year. Oh, was Wembley. their headline event at Wembley, yeah. And of course, Tyler Bate is the only person that can carry Walter in, in a physical sense, not in a, a storyline <laughs> sense. Well, look, Alex, you, you told us, we, we, we've not heard this, uh, you spoke to uh, Wolfie this morning. Um, is it there is. any mention of Wolfie's da? No, I mean, I'm, I'm afraid not. I should have said that, uh, that Will Gavin and, and John as our big Wolfie da fans. But, um, <laughs> but we, we did talk about the landscape of um, Scottish wrestling and how ICW has influenced the NXT UK we see today, um, you know, and a lot about how, you know, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, how much they've given to the NXT UK product. Something that British wrestlers felt was their scene. Now you have legends like Shawn Michaels and Triple H feeling like it's theirs, like, you know, that, that passionate about it. So, um, you know, Wolfgang goes into great detail about these things. Uh, so let's, let's get to what he has to say. It's funny because it's a whole different feel of like being at the ground level with ICW. It's kind of similar in the sense that I guess that was like a uh, you're doing that almost as a family, like you're trying to get on the map, you're trying to make a name. And NXT UK, although you have the WWE banner behind you, it is a similar thing because there's already established brands, and you're trying to uh, you know there's a British audience that obviously loves loves the wrestlers and knows them, but I guess it's a worldwide thing now. So do you feel that kind of um, ground level feeling again with NXT UK? And it's just, a, you know, the, the people that you're working with, the vast majority of them are all very well versed with each other and you've come up together. And it's, is that kind of the perfect scenario too? I, I think the NXT UK locker room is one of the most um, driven, but in, in a sense that everyone wants to make everyone better. As you say, like some of these guys have been working alongside up and down up and down the country for the last 10 years, some even longer. So we, we already know each other, we know what each other's capable of, and we know that um, everyone deserves their spot there. And we are, like, because it is on the ground level, we, we need to try and do something special, we need to make a name for ourselves, and we need to come together to make the best product possible, and that goes from the talent in the ring to the, the coaches, um, teaching us every week at the, the, the PC, even the, the referees that are in training with us, um, work, work close-handedly with all the guys producing it so we get to put our opinions across on how we think 
mm-hmm. and overall everything is going to make the, the product um, better that's what everyone's kind of working towards uh, and there is there's definitely a camaraderie uh, between between the talent um, we, we do know each other already but there's having that trust in each other's capability um, to raise the platform that we're on and get eyes on the NXT UK product you know, you talk about um, working closely behind the scenes and all things like that. Uh, to me, whenever I've spoken to Triple H after NXT UK and NXT events, he seems like the proudest man in the world. Like it, it really seems like it means a lot to him. Shawn Michaels too. How, how is that for you working with such legendary talents? Um, and you know, I know that extends to the coaches at the Performance Centre and things like that, but. Um, going from the independent scene in Scotland, wondering, you know, where what your route really was in wrestling, and now you're working with some of the greatest to ever do it, and you know they're passionate about what you could once say is is ours, like our British scene. Um, you know how how is that, and, and how is your relationship working with them? As as you can understand, it's obviously um, kind of mind blowing that you're calling these guys coaches like Sean Michaels um, he would call Triple H a coach but he's there mentoring us um, and guys like Matt Bloom um, Scott Taylor Steve, Steve Carino over for a while uh, Johnny Moss one of the best the UK's ever seen um, a fantastic coach and then <laughs> you'll get 75, 76 whatever it is Johnny Saint who is still further than half the guys flying around in 205 <laughs> and an absolute wealth of knowledge like it's crazy some of the stuff that this guy comes away with just he'll say something to you and all of a sudden you'll see it in a whole new light and it's the exact same when Sean Michaels is speaking to you um, one of the other guys I was speaking to says it's like going from high school to college and then from college to university for, for wrestling yeah um, Them. the last thing I'd like to ask you then is a bit about you really and, and your your goals like what, what would make you happy to get out of your wrestling career who in, on any roster you know we see that the international shake up is coming after Wrestlemania um, who would you like to face out of anyone within the company um, what what would make you know what are Wolfgang's goals in uh, the WWE I, I guess I should ask in the UK titles we recently made it to the semi-finals of a tournament for them mm-hmm. Mark Coffey and myself
Balance <laughs> background would obviously be the ultimate goal. Um, I think just longevity in this game for more than anything, whether that be here at NXT UK or over in Orlando at their performance centre, I just, um, yeah, I want, this to, I want to keep this going as long as I can. It's not something I want to just do it for a couple of years and then fade it away or, or stop. Like, um, you look at guys like, I don't know, who wouldn't necessarily be at the top of their game or at the top of the product um, for too long, but they've continued to maintain a job and um, the company has a use for them, I think. That would be the, the long-term goal. I mean, anything between that and facing Brock Lesnar at the WrestleMania, would be, I'd be happy with. <laughs> that would be nice. Um, well, thank you very much for your time today. I won't keep you much longer since I know I only have the 15-minute slots, but uh, hopefully I'll catch you in Coventry or something. Uh, I look forward to seeing you yeah, in the ring again. So very interesting, very interesting comments from Wolfie there in, in how Triple H and Shawn Michaels have, have influenced NXT UK today. Uh, to make it their project, their baby, but also how you know ICW has played a, a big role in the Scottish scene, and and you look at the performers today like Nikki Cross and Drew McIntyre and and many others, Killian Dane, in fact, in WWE, Noam Dar, who have all come through a scene that didn't exist. So you know the UK scene, as as I'm sure you two will agree, uh, as a whole, is still thriving in the face of NXT UK. Are we going to ICW? I've looked this up before about their Go Square thing at the end of February. I looked up the flights. It wasn't overly expensive, but we still haven't committed, guys. I, I don't actually think... Well, well, I, can't, I can't even remember the date. But February I know on the, the 24th t- in Glasgow. See, on the 23rd, I have to work to Gale and Eubank Jr. Ugh, good excuse. Will, yeah. you're working that night as well, aren't you? This is for Square Go, right, where they've just announced Kaylee Ray against Tony Storm for the women's title. Great match, that one. Uh, obviously, the Square Go itself, it's looking like a really, really good lineup. You've got Joe Ilya Dragunov getting yeah. involved. Yeah, that's going to be great. Uh, Ilya Dragunov, who also this week was announced as the second entrant for Progress's Super Strong Style 16 in May. So him and Travis Banks, who announced himself back at Wembley uh, earlier, well, li- late last year, uh, involved as well. I am probably a no, but let's let's take this offline Look, we're going to go <laughs> offline with this that's fine um, Alex you mentioned obviously with Wolfie there Scottish wrestling uh, there's an amazing <laughs> Irish wrestling show coming up very soon that I know you two have been getting proper chubs over <laughs> I mean um, I, I'm sure we'll be more versed on the card but what I did see today was Jordan Devlin and uh, David Starr the, the video package for their feud and their match at the upcoming show I believe in Dublin a week Sunday um, wow, I mean, Devlin himself on Twitter proclaimed that it was the best wrestling promo package since Austin Rock at WrestleMania 17. Uh, that's obviously in wrestling folklore as, as one of the greatest ever. Um, but even though, even, I must say, I actually clicked on it thinking, is it? Uh, like just thinking it must be, it must fall below my expectations, but it is incredibly well produced. It really is. Mm-hmm. Um, and that the whole story is mapped out, laid out perfectly. Uh, and if you have never seen anything of these two, or OTT for that matter, it, it, it would it would make you want to see that match. Uh, and and that, that by its very definition, is, it just makes it so fantastic. It's, it's a brilliant card in general outside of that. Also on that card, you've got um, Will Ospreay and Scotty Davis against the besties in the world. 
<coughs> excuse me, who were involved in that show we were at recently. You've got Walter against Pack. I mean, who doesn't want to see those two going head to head and and seeing it? You were saying about Tyler, the only person who can carry Walter. You think like Pack would be right up there as well. But the the David. What I love about this is they've taken the David Star Walter storyline, which has existed for for some time, and and his whole thing about having had. 10 plus singles matches against him and never beaten him and it's become an obsession and then they've built it into the friendship turned feud between these two i'm not quite saying that you know it's it's not champa gargano quite yet but it has the potential to develop that i honestly think i think david Starr is when you want to talk about guys who aren't signed with one of ring of honor aw or wwe nxt or uk he might be my favourite truly independent wrestler in the world. He's got charisma by the absolute barrel load. He's a great in-ring performer, both as a tag, um, both in tag matches and in singles. Uh, he sells like you just wouldn't believe. I love David Starr, so a big, big fan of this. And it is, it's an unbelievable promo, so go and watch it on uh, at OTT underscore wrestling. You know, it made me want to book flights to Dublin. You say he's truly independent. Did you see this week that he uploaded uh, versions of his logo and his T-shirt design with obviously his big ring announcement in the colours of AEW? I mean, that's exciting. That is, would be I great. Mean, is he doing a Finn Balor? Is he trolling people? Trolling, whatever you say. I know I say it wrong. Is he trolling people? <laughs> Seth Trollins. Uh, Seth Trollins. Um, I don't know. I, can't, I don't know if that's come out. I think he's just done it and left it, which is quite cool. Will, before we wrap this show up, I know you want to talk about Jack Sexsmith. I just wanted to say the stuff that because we're talking about promos online a couple of people who are really standing out to me at the moment Spike Trevay and Jack Sexsmith in particular um, he is Sexsmith has moved into this new uh, idea of uh, it was really interesting that on our first ever show he talked about the fact that he wouldn't a able to he wouldn't ever feel truly comfortable working heel because of representing uh, pansexuality and that he would worry about, you know, being portrayed in that way that gold dust maybe was early on, et cetera, et cetera. But actually Jack Swagger, uh, Jack Swagger, that's he's sorry. He posted a thing of Jack Swagger on his page, which is why I just saw that and said it. Jack, Jack Swagger is back. While we were in America, we were, I was in a bar and I was watching this, there was the Bellator MMA and I was just watching it and suddenly bloody R-Truth was on the screen bouncing around and then yeah. Jack Hager came out and I was like, what? And then he won. I was like, hang on a minute. He's done instantly <laughs> what CM Punk couldn't and he looks like he's a real, actual decent MMA fighter. I um, think a lot, of, a lot of people have said, by the way, that he is quite legit older, Jake Hager. He, he, even, even in his WWE days, he was a legit, tough shoot fighter, apparently. There you go. Well, so the, the, this this whole thing with Sexsmith is this hashtag you don't know Jack, which really annoyingly old Swagger has uh, now changed his uh, his Twitter name to uh, you don't know Jack. But um, uh, his whole thing of like backlash against the fact that he is seen as a a novelty wrestler because of his sexuality has been really really well done the videos he's doing the promos really really impressive stuff so he's actually at riptide this coming friday yeah so next week uh part of their deep six event facing off with damian moser it's a really good card in general actually or chuck mambo against mark haskins for their title uh kid lycos as a guest announcer weirdly uh they They've got uh, Karen Awar against Ashmore. Looks like a really good match. Uh, Spike Trevay is there as well against uh, Mike Wildboar. So that looks like a really good event. 
Uh, and then you've got uh, PCW announcing that they, alongside IPW, are now doing a weekly show on the Fight Network. Uh, so we're going to see the, the that's uh, Preston City Wrestling, uh, the likes of uh, Jeff Cobb, etc being seen on our TVs on a week-in, week-out basis. And, you know, whilst we don't know a huge amount about it at the moment, it's just more wrestling on our TVs, which is great. You can't go wrong with more wrestling, can you? Any other stuff on the agenda, guys, or is this show done? I think that's a wrap, John. Nice. It's meant to be a 25-minute show that has gone on for nearly an hour and a half. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, look, um, before we go, obviously, make sure you follow us on all the social media channels. Uh, we mainly focus on Twitter, at Pro Wrestle Show. Also, we've got a YouTube channel now, which we put all our interviews that we film up. We've got things from the NXT UK Performance Centre with Finn Balor, uh, with Triple H. And also, we've got a really good interview that Will did. It must be nearly a year ago with Bret Hart. Was it nearly a year ago? Came over, didn't he, and did that speaking tour? Closing in on that. And uh, I just, I like to, cause it's got quite a few views because obviously um, he, yeah, he speaks a lot about Eric Bischoff and about the Hall of Fame. I just wanted to go through um, some of the comments here. And uh, one of them I was looking at here, I mean, they're all calling for Bret Hart to be in the Hall of Fame 2019. There's been some kind of rumours, you know, obviously with uh, the passing of um, the, the Anvil that that, that might happen. Um, but one comment that stands out to me is uh, Leo ICXC, who says, I love this guy and always will. Uh, final question, Will. Do you think he was talking about Bret Hart or you? <laughs> me. 100% me. You've been listening to The Pro Wrestling Show. Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible T-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs>